Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. And live from Marion Foster's retirement party, it's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna Woo! and the Sherpa. Jenna, have you had any of these uh, hors d'oeuvres yet? These muscles, Foster. They're great. <laughs> As they should be. So, yeah, um, it was a kind of odd timing for him to just retire in the middle of the season like that. I guess uh, it took. He wasn't convinced after one Jay Ajayi 200-yard game, so I guess it took another one to finally push him into retirement. Hey, I mean, it must be nice running behind a, an offensive line, so Jay Ajayi showing how much of a difference that can make. Yeah, he sure is. So, so your Cowboys were on bye this week. My Giants were over in London, and meaning they had their bye this week, so... <laughs> Eagles managed to to pull one out against the Vikings. So this the NFC Bradford East Bowl. Is, uh, yeah, the Bradford Bowl. Game to so watch, this, though. this is uh, turning out to be quite the season. But this it all comes down to Sunday night and Eagles playing at the Cowboys for the first of the two installments of the rivalry this year. So that should be quite an interesting one to watch. But uh, any what caught your eye from this past weekend? Uh, well, obviously, I, I was pretty hyped on the Bradford Bowl. That that game was horrible. Um, we had a kicker's duel on Monday night. That was interesting. <laughs> um, definitely, we had a couple of injuries, which is always unfortunate. But, I mean, the Falcons got taken down. That was a little unexpected. Uh, I just, for me, that was probably the biggest surprise out of the weekend. What about you? Yeah, that and Kansas City. No, not Kansas City. But um, I was a little surprised that the Jets were able to beat the Ravens, although I guess I, for retrospect, I probably shouldn't be. And I thought that uh, New England would have an easier time with Pittsburgh than they did. But, yeah, yeah. And I was a little surprised that uh, you disagreed with me on this, but you got it right. The Detroit-Washington game, I thought Washington would – give a better accounting for themselves than they did, but uh, say la vie and on we go. So, yeah. So, of course, one of the big stories this week isn't even really an on-the-field story, but we've got six, not one, not two, not three, Ugh. but six teams on by this week, so that means instead I'm of the not happy about it. <laughs> games, we're down to 13 <laughs> games this year, this week, so lots of players that you know backbones of many teams are on by this week and well we'll probably spend even a little more time than usual on the waiver wire this week but um why don't you uh let us know who's on by and and uh, then we'll get off to the races as far as the, the picks for this week yeah definitely a, a very buy heavy this week unfortunately uh this is one of my least favorite weeks of the year i hate when this is this many teams are out but say la vie uh, so the 49ers, Dolphins, Giants, Rams, Ravens, and Steelers are all on buys this week, which means we are down a lot of big-name players. Uh, you're impacted at every position. So don't worry. We've got you covered. Uh, we'll be here for the next hour until 10 o'clock, uh, as we are every Wednesday night, despite the World Series being on. We'll give you all our predictions, the news and notes, injuries, your waiver wire picks, daily fantasy picks, who to start, who to sit, and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find us throughout the show if you have questions, you want your voice to be heard, uh, all over social media at 
jkim16, fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, or the number 4THN Inches Show. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. And, of course, streaming live right now on Blog Talk Radio and then archived wherever you love to listen to podcasts in case you miss us throughout the week. Uh, so we've got six teams on by. We've got people retiring. We've got all kinds of injuries. Where do you want to start, Sherpa? <laughs> I'm just thinking that if the Cubs manage to win at least one of the first four games and they have a rain out, that they could conceivably have a World Series game in Chicago on Monday night at the same time they have a Bears game. That would make for a pretty fun evening for uh, Chicago sports fans. I mean, I guess it's only fair after having the Cavs home opener yesterday with the ring ceremony and the whole nine and then Cleveland winning that game. Uh, maybe maybe that's how it works. But right now the Cubs are fixing to win this game. Don't worry, yeah, we'll keep like it posted. <laughs> oh, all right. So first up we've got the Thursday night games, which are your favorite this week. We have a AFC Actually, South. Actually, this is probably between... my favorite of all the Thursday night games. <laughs> really, this, I'm not excited about this at all. <laughs> I'm um, so excited. This... <laughs> Jack, I, I can't believe you, that. There are moments... But, there are moments where you just hate me so much, and that, ladies and gentlemen, that right there was a prime example of it. No, no, I, I never <laughs> spew hate towards you. So, Jacksonville uh-huh. to the Cowboys, sure. maybe, but not towards you personally. So, <laughs> so first up, we've got the Jaguars visiting the Titans on Thursday night. For me, the most interesting part of the Thursday night games is what the color rush people come up with for oh. a particular game. So it'll be interesting Hard to pass. see this week. Um, this game doesn't do much for me. I thought Jacksonville was going to be a lot better this year than they have been. So I have Blake Bortles on a couple of my teams to my regret, but I don't think they're going to get any better for Jacksonville this week. I think Tennessee is going to be able to run the ball at will against them. Even though they stumbled last week, I think uh, Tennessee gets back on the Winning track this week. I'll go with the final score of Tennessee 24, Jacksonville 17. Yeah, I I see this going a little differently. <laughs> I want Jacksonville to be better than they are. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, I have a soft spot in my heart for both the Jaguars and the Titans. Um, this week, I think the Titans are going to get the better of Jacksonville. I would like Jacksonville skid to uh, be over, but I just don't see it happening, not against this Tennessee defense, despite the fact that it is a Thursday night game and things can always get wild on a Thursday night. Um, I've got Tennessee winning this 23-20. I just I want TJ Yeldon to come back. I want Allen Robinson to be the player you drafted him to be. Uh, I just... Most of my fantasy teams are named after Blake Bortles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Bortles is is one of my favorite fantasy team names, and I just need him to live up to that for me. Actually, for Jacksonville, I think right now I'd rather have Chris Ivory than TJ Elden if I were going to have him a Jacksonville running back. Yeah, but I just I, I want TJ Elden to be good. I'm not ready to give up on him yet, even though I should be. Okay. Well, let's give up on this game and move on to the Ugh. first of the Sunday this games. This is one for, I'm just saying. This is probably the only Thursday night game I actually want to watch. I love both these teams. <laughs> well, more power so to you. So the rest um, of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, so first up, we've got another London game this week. I think this is the third of 
is it four or is it third of three this this season? I forget now because four. all all the excitement runs together. But this yeah, one, it, it certainly does. <laughs> I'm guessing you're going to think this is a little more one-sided than I will. For some reason, I still think Washington is a better team than what they've shown. Um, I'm not sure why week, you think but that, but it's it's fine. <laughs> okay. So, you know, like the Bills, a team that started 0-2, won four in a row, and then lost last week. This week, they're taking their show on the road to London. Bengals get charged with a home game for this, which I'm sure they love. But I think neither defense is really going to be able to stop the other in this game. But I think Cincinnati has just a little bit more on offense. And I think they're going to win this by a field goal with a high-scoring Cincinnati 34 and not quite as high-scoring Washington 31. Okay, I have uh, Cincinnati winning this 30-24, so we're not super far off here. Um, I just, even though it's London, uh, I I just don't think Washington's got enough. They're too banged up. There's too many injuries. Um, they might not even have Matt Jones this week, but we'll get there in a minute. And Cincinnati, you know, I just, I, I think that they're, you know, they're finding – their form of the first two weeks where they were putting up all those yards and those points and, and things will be a little better this week. I think they're going to continue to roll on. It's just not Washington's week. I'm going to throw in another plug for Chris Thompson in the meantime. I know you <laughs> argued with me about this last week, but uh, especially if Matt Jones can't go, I, I think you know, even if Kelly is the one that starts, I think Chris Thompson has <clears> the better stats. I know they say he's I've, a change of pace back, but that's what Jack Hiz Rogers was always supposed to be too, and now look at him. Yeah, but they can't all be Jack Hiz Rogers. There can only be one, much like the Highlander. Perhaps, but still. <laughs> and that one right. this week is Jack Hiz Rogers, so I don't know if I can get on board with this. Okay, well, we'll talk more about that when we get to the Tampa Bay game. So, now we move on to two teams that are not exactly lighting the world on fire. That would be the Jets, who I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback again this week. And Cleveland. You can actually I hear no the guess. shrug in your voice. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's going to be Josh McCown, maybe, unless Cody Kessler has a miracle recovery. But um, I think this will be one of the more entertaining games, not one of the better games, but I think this will be close throughout. I think both offenses will be able to exploit the opposing defenses. I think Jets' run game is going to be the difference here. I think the Jets will win this by a field goal. I'll say um, Jets 31, Cleveland 28. All right. Well, uh, I'm taking Cleveland to get their first win of the season. Right here, right now, I'm taking them 2016. The Jets are too much of a train wreck. Granted, I understand Cleveland is not in much better shape, but I think this is going to be their week. They're at home. You know, the the Cleveland sports world is on fire with the Indians in the World Series. Granted, they're losing right now. The Cavs are running around town with championship rings the size of baseballs. This is what's happening. Cleveland's getting a win this week. Mark it down. No, I I couldn't. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a blowout, so I could, I can't say I couldn't agree less. But I just think that that Cleveland defense can't stop anybody, and they're going to make Ryan Fitzpatrick look like Ryan you know, Fitzpatrick Tom only Brady wants to throw on to people on the other team. Today. Like I'm not fooled by his little mediocrity of last week. Like this, 
that was more uh, a blip on the radar than the trend. I think Cleveland's defense is nothing compared to Baltimore's, so we'll see. We will um, see. Up next, we've got one of the better defenses in the league in Seattle visiting one of the better offenses in the league in New Orleans. At the Superdome, I know you like to pick New Orleans at home. I'm not with that this week. I think Seattle is going to be able to find just enough of a passing game against New Orleans to counteract New Orleans' passing game. I'll go with the final score, Seahawks 28 and Saints 24. I actually thought for like maybe a minute and a half today about picking Seattle, and then I was like, nah. New Orleans is at home. Uh, going with the old standby, taking the Saints at home. Seattle, yes, things have been better. I like that they're a more balanced attack, and New Orleans defense is nothing to write home about. But I'm actually taking this in a lower-scoring game than a lot of people are predicting. I'm taking New Orleans 24-20. It's going to be competitive, but Drew Brees, he always gets them. All right, well, at least we agreed on New Orleans' score for that game. That's not the outcome, but... Yeah, I mean, that's something. Silver lining. Right. (laughs) So next we come back to the other team that was involved in that 6-6 overtime tie the other night. Seattle. I was legitimately so mad I stayed up to watch all of that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So (laughs) we've got Arizona is traveling to Carolina this week, and early game and all West Coast team, I don't think it matters. I think Carolina's defense is so bad this year that – Arizona is going to be able to pass all day, and that'll more than offset Carolina's run game. So I'm going to go with Arizona to win this by a field goal, believe it or not. I'll go with uh, Arizona 34 and Carolina 31. Okay. Similar outcome, different score. Uh, In a shocking turn of events, you have a higher score than I do. That never happens. Uh, I've got Arizona winning by a field goal 24-21. I just... I'm concerned about facets of both of these offenses. I think that this is still going to be pretty much the David Johnson show. Uh, Carolina, there's just a whole mess load of issues there. I don't think they have enough to overcome Arizona. Um, but Carson Palmer, I, I just I don't think it's going to be a great week for him. Oh. Well, too bad we're not playing each other this week. And, uh <laughs> or any week, but that would be uh, that would be an interesting one to to see how that turns out. Next up, we've yeah. got New England at Buffalo. New England, like I said before, they surprised me a little bit that they weren't able to do more against uh, the Roethlisberger Steelers, and mm-hmm. now they go to Buffalo, which had that disappointing showing against Miami last week. New England, I just can't see them losing to. Buffalo in this game, so I'm going to pick them to win by 10 points. Yeah, I don't think that um, I think Buffalo will be able to run the ball, you know, regardless of of who their starting running back is, but um, New England, I think they're just going to be able to run pass and do whatever they want. I'll go with New England 38, Buffalo 28. I've got New England 34, Buffalo 21. I have some more uh, reservations than you do about the Buffalo run game. It was like night and day without LaShawn McCoy last week. Uh, I just New England's going to come out a little bit cranky. They already lost to Buffalo this year. They were embarrassed by them. Uh, It's just not something that they're going to let happen again. I think they're going to come out 
all cylinders firing, and it's going to get ugly. Uh, I think Buffalo will, you know, have a little bit of garbage time. That's where they're going to do some of their scoring. But I think New Orleans is going to come out and get up big early. Okay. Next we've got Oakland at Tampa Bay. I'm probably going to pick this game differently too. Uh, Tampa Bay, I just, I don't, Oakland's defense, if, if Cleveland's defense isn't the worst in the league right now, Oakland's is. And I just don't think they can stop anybody. But we'll see how this turns out. Tampa Bay, I know they haven't really performed. You know, they haven't hit on all cylinders quite yet, but I think this is mm-hmm. a game where everything clicks into place for them. So I'm going to pick them to win in a blowout. I'll say Tampa Bay 40, Oakland 28. Holy moly. Okay. Um, I see this game totally differently. I think this is going to be a closer game. I think Oakland wins 27-23. Granted, neither of these defenses are great, um, but I think that it's going to be a little more competitive. <laughs> Obviously, I think Oakland's going to win. Tampa Bay, they're on the verge. They have some good things happening, but I don't think they're all the way there yet. Okay, next up we've got Kansas City at Indianapolis. This is a tough game. I really want to pick Kansas City, but I just don't it's okay. think they're going to Do be it. able to they're not going to be able to stop Indy's run game, I mean, pass game, and therefore, even though Kansas City will be able to do a lot on offense, too, I'll pick Indianapolis in another high-scoring game. I'll say Indianapolis 34, Kansas City 31. Okay, we're we're close on this one. I've got Kansas City 33-30. This is going to come down to a field goal. I'm loving what's happening in Kansas City right now. they got a run game. They've got a pass game. Andy Reid's looking crazy on the sideline. Like this is this is everything. Um, I think that maybe it won't in that be the past best game. Yeah, I'd like to, but uh, well, I'm that's skeptical. all right. I'll believe in it enough for both of us. <laughs> I think this all might right. not be Jeremy Macklin's week, just because about the only thing that Indy's defense does well is shut down number one wide receivers. But overall, I think it's going to be a good day for Kansas City. Okay. Next up, we've got Detroit at Houston. I'm pretty sure we're going to pick this game differently, too. 100% Houston, we're going to. <laughs> I'm going to go with Houston to win this by a field goal at home. I'll go with a final score of Houston 27, Detroit 24. I don't think Detroit's going to be able to throw much on Houston's defense, and I think both these teams are going to rely predominantly on the run. But I think Houston will come out ahead. I have Detroit winning this 27-17. I've got no respect for Houston. Sorry, Texans fans listening, but, like, it just uh, make me believe because you haven't yet. Uh, Theo Riddick looks like he's going to come back this week. That makes me excited for uh, the Detroit run game. And I just think that even though the Detroit defense doesn't always look incredible, I think they're going to do enough to stop Houston. The Brockweiler is just not going to get the better of the Lions this week. Okay, next we've got San Diego and Denver playing for the second time in three weeks. Last time was in San Diego. Therefore, shockingly, this time is in Denver. Um, I don't think the outcome is going to be any different. I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring game, and I think, once again, San Diego is going to be able to pull it out over with the final score. San Diego 24, Denver 20. All right, I've got San Diego 24, Denver 20, or I'm sorry, I've got Denver 24, San Diego 21. I just, I think Denver's defense is going to be the difference maker here. San Diego's a little banged up. That makes me a little nervous. Righty. 
Green Bay at Atlanta. I'm guessing we're going to pick this one differently as well. I think there's going to be a lot of passing, not a heck of a lot of running in this game, but I think Matty Ice and the Falcons are going to be just a little bit better. I still don't think Aaron Rodgers is completely on track, even after the Thursday night game against the Bears. I'll go with a final score of Atlanta 31, Green Bay 24. I'm actually going to agree with you that Atlanta's going to win this game. I don't like doing it, but, you know, every now and then I make sound logical decisions, and this is one of them. I've got Atlanta winning 30-27. They're at home. They need to kind of bounce back a little bit here. This is going to be somewhat of a statement game for them. And Green Bay, I mean, I'm just – I'm I'm concerned. I'm cautiously optimistic about the rest of the season. I don't think this is their week, though. I picked up Devontae Adams in one lead this week, so hopefully this is a good game for him against uh, Atlanta pass defense. I think they are going to have a lot of passing yards. It's just a matter of whether they get Jordy Nelson more involved this week, and we'll see. Sunday night game should be a good one. Philadelphia at Dallas. Guys, this is going to be the difference of whether or not I get excommunicated from my family, and it's not looking good for my chances. I think that... (laughs) that I might not have a family anymore after this game. <laughs> well, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I mean, I can't speak to your family <laughs> dynamics, but I can speak to the <laughs> fact that I think Dallas and their run game are going to triumph over Philadelphia. And I'll go here with the final score of Dallas 28, Philadelphia 24, which should be one of the more interesting Sunday night games this season. I've got Dallas winning 30-21. Uh, they're in Dallas. Philly has looked a little suspect, and uh, so far Tony Romo has only taken a couple of of practice throws. Uh, he hasn't actually fully practiced with the team, still strengthening, so we don't have to worry about the idea of him playing in this game, which was floated a few weeks ago. So things are okay in Dallas's world right now. Uh, still waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I think that after this week they're going to be sitting pretty on top of the NFC East. Alrighty, and then Monday night game, the Halloween game, we've Oof. got the the very scary Vikings. At least they have a scary offense, which scares themselves against the, the, the Bears. The turnovers last week scared me. Yeah, that was that was something else. And then the Bears, uh, supposedly Jay Cutler back this week. I think, I don't know if I'm going to attribute this to Jay Cutler as much as I will to just my lack of respect for the Minnesota offense. It's nice to see Cordero Patterson finally getting more involved in the offense, but I don't think that's enough. I think Minnesota is going to fall short in this game. I'll go with the final score, Chicago 21, Minnesota 17. Um, I think it's actually awful for the Bears that Jay Cutler is going to be under center versus Brian Hoyer. Um, They are getting healthier at running back, which is going to be nice, but also a little confusing, especially on the fantasy front. I'm taking Minnesota. I think their their defense is going to make a play that's the difference maker in this game. Yes, I said that last week, but, you know, five turnovers later, what are you going to do? I'm taking Minnesota 23-14. Okay, so there you have it. We disagree on hardly anything, and, I mean, we disagree (laughs) on almost everything, and, (laughs) <laughs> don't agree on much, so hopefully that won't set the tone for the rest of the show, but there you have it. All right, so why don't we just start in on individual players then? Um, here, I'll, I'll just throw out a general question for you. Right now, you know, lots of guys on you know, 
the waiver wire that are going to be picked up this week because of all the bye week situations? What kind of trade offers are you throwing out? If you've had a quarterback that you're happy with and you have a backup quarterback on your roster, are you willing to trade that backup quarterback for one week fill-in at um, running back or wide receiver this week and think that you can just pluck anybody, you know, Brock Osweiler or whomever off of the Jay Cutler off of the waiver wire if you're in a pinch going down the road there? Um, For the right person, I think that I'd be willing to do it. Um, I I tend to like being able to play the matchups, especially with my quarterbacks. Uh, we'll talk about that later when we get to Carson Palmer. But um, for for the right trade, I would do it for sure. Because especially on a week like this week, and with the amount of injuries piling up uh, at positions like running back and wide receiver, it might be somebody that I'm going to need down the line anyway. So I'd be willing to take that risk. Okay, here's here's a hypothetical. Well, not hypothetical. Here's a trade for you. <laughs> here's a real trade Tell from me. your life. <laughs> here's a, here's a real trade from someone I a, a good friend of mine's life. Um, curious which <laughs> side of this you would rather have. Um, okay. Uh, Blake Bortles for Michael Thomas. Would you make that trade or not? Or who, which side of that trade would you rather? Who would you rather be getting for those two players? And is it a no-brainer or is it a close one? I think that's a closer one for me, but I might lean towards Michael Thomas, which I think is probably not the answer you expected out of me. But uh, I think no, I think I like is. Michael Thomas. Yeah, I, I did offer that trade. I, somebody in my league had Brian Hoyer and Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback, so I offered him Blake Bortles for Michael Thomas, and sure that's enough, it was rejected. That's charitable of you. That's nice. And they said no. They don't even want to what, win. What you thought? <laughs> I can't even tell if you're being sarcastic anymore. No, I think but, uh, that was. I think that benefited both of you. That was a good deal. I, I thought it was a fair trade, but it, it got rejected, and he went out and picked up Brock Osweiler instead, which I think he's going to oh. regret. Why but does he hate himself? Well, at least he still has wide receiver, who I think will do well this week, but we'll mm. see. So, and then the other question is: Suppose you had an injured. Again, this is a strictly hypothetical situation taken directly from my life. But um, <laughs> if you had Steve Smith on your bench and you needed a, a wide receiver or running back this week because of buys, would you consider dropping him? Oh. Or suppose you had a choice between dropping him and a second quarterback, like uh, say of Blake Bortles that nobody wanted in the trade. Which, which of those two do you drop? Oh, that's tough. That's real tough. Um, I think I'd probably drop Steve Smith. Yeah, that's what I, I ended like up it, doing. I figured but I'd do it. with the ankle injury, I figured that you know, his coming back at full strength isn't a sure thing. And well, and I for me, I, was, I feel like it's easier to find a, a, you know, a better or yeah. decent wide receiver on the waiver wire than just about any other position. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if it's just a one-week matchup like this week, I yeah. picked up, you know, in that league, I think I picked up Cordero Patterson thinking that, you know, they would have a pretty a nice good matchup week to have against him. the Bears defense, even though yeah. I, I don't really think Minnesota's going to score much. I think he might get a number of targets and with his speed. Who knows? But still, anyway. All right, why don't we jump into talking about running backs then? Who are, what are the... Oof. 
injuries among the running backs that we should be um, watching out for. And this week, given so many teams, we might as well throw in five weeks to which um, running backs are, are we going to be without this week because of buys. All right, guys, kick your feet up, get comfortable. I'm just going to take a minute. Um, I'm going to go get dinner. I'll be right back. <laughs> See you in 10 minutes. Um, Arian Foster, retired. Don't have him in your lineup this week. Matt Jones is very questionable. <laughs> he is very questionable with a knee injury. Uh, it looks like he is trending towards not playing this week. If he doesn't, Rob Kelly is going to be the starter, despite Sherpa's protest to the universe. Otherwise, it's going to be Rob Kelly with the start. LaShawn McCoy is not practicing with that hamstring injury. He exited stage left early on Sunday. Uh, he's knowing. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, the way that I do, he's going to play this week. I would anticipate him being on a limited snap count or not making it through the whole game. They're going to need him. So Matt Forte is questionable with a knee injury. He's going to play. He didn't practice it. It's more of a maintenance thing. But Lel Powell is backup. He's got turf toe. He's not practicing. He is probably not playing. That shouldn't impact your lineup too much. Theo Riddick, with his ankle injury, returned to practice today. Let's all rejoice. It looks like he's going to play, barring some kind of setback. Um, Lamar Miller, with a shoulder injury, he was a little limited on Sunday. <clears throat> he's questionable. They're they're saying he was limited at practice today. He should be okay come this weekend, but keep an eye on it. Something to watch. Jamal Charles uh, should be fine this week. He's still always and forever going to be on the injury report with a knee injury. Uh, still no Thomas Rawls. They're hoping in the next couple of weeks he'll be back. Doug Martin is questionable. He's practicing with that hamstring injury. Remember, he had a setback two weeks ago. They're not rushing him. Obviously, Jaquiz Rogers is doing just fine right now. I would anticipate them probably holding off on him this week. If he does play, it's going to be at a very limited capacity. He's not worth it in your fantasy lineup. Devontae Freeman with his hip injury is questionable. He's in limited at practice. That is more just to keep him fresh for this weekend. He's going to play. C.J. Anderson with the knee injury. Sherp and I were talking about this before the show. felt kind of like he came out of left field, but it's pretty doubtful he's going to play this week. He's got a bone bruise on his right knee. They're saying he could miss up to a few weeks. He's getting a second opinion tomorrow. Uh, keep an eye on it. I would anticipate him not playing this week from here on out. It's kind of up in the air, so... Have a plan B. Tevin Coleman with his hamstring injury is questionable. He's pretty unlikely to play. It's trending in the direction he's not going to see any time this week. He hasn't been practicing, so it's the Devontae Freeman show. Uh, Jarek McKinnon's got an ankle injury. He's questionable, not practicing, but he's going to play this week. Looks like Jeremy Langford's going to be back from his ankle injury. He did practice today, so did Jay Cutler. We'll get there in a minute, but uh, don't think he's going to just slide right back into the starting role it's still going to be the Jordan Howard show but now you have to contend with the idea of three running backs cutting into time instead of just one or two Uh, so there you have it for running backs kind of a tough week to be a running back unless you're one on the waiver wire well not the real life waiver wire (laughs) fantasy waiver wire and some of the guys I have my eye on this week uh, Devontae Booker and Denver yeah. is an obvious one, just given C.J. Anderson being out. Um, I know we disagree on this a little bit, but in Jacksonville, I'd rather have Chris Ivory than, than uh, T.J. Alden right now. I mean, I, I agree to, with you right now. Chris Ivory is a better play. In my heart, I like T.J. Alden better. <laughs> you mentioned 
that um, Theo Riddick is back this week, but just in case he's not fully healthy or in case Zach Center is gone already and you really are desperate for a, a, a bi-week fill-in, Justin Forsett started getting some carries last week. Uh, Matt Asiata yeah. in Minnesota is still out there. Chris Thompson, I'll say it before I say it again, I think he outperforms Rob Kelly this week and pretty much any week, but uh, if I only had a choice between one of the two, I'd take Chris Thompson, but if Rob Kelly's there, you know, that's another option for you. Alfred Blue got some yards in Houston last week, and you know, those those are the guys I have my eye on from a waiver wire standpoint this week, running back-wise. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, um, so who are your uh, top picks this week for running backs? I love Spencer Ware this week. Uh, Indianapolis allows the four, fourth most points to running backs. I would love to capitalize on that. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a good week for Kansas City. Spencer Ware is a big part of that. Jaquiz Rogers, again, we talked about earlier, he's going to have a nice day. Christian Michael, he's going to bounce back. Uh, obviously, that game didn't quite go the way anyone anticipated, but He's on pace for a real big week this week. LeGarrette Blunt is as well. Latavius Murray, who's healthier and looking the part. David Johnson, always a stud. Ezekiel Elliott. Devontae Booker, I think, is primed to have a very nice week as well. The matchup is good for him. Um, Chris Ivory, if you're going to go with one of them, we've talked about it a few times. He's the one in Jacksonville. DeMarco Murray, even though it's a Thursday night game, I still like his chances. What about you? Anybody sticking out to you? I'm just looking for people that you may not have um, mentioned. I think whoever starts and gets the bulk of the carries. At this rate, honestly, I think I've said every running back's name in the world between this and the injury report. (laughs) Pretty much. But for Washington, I think Chris Thompson's going to have a nice game. Cincinnati, I think uh, um, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard could both be good starts this week. Matt Forte Mm -hmm. for the Jets. Um, Jonathan Stewart for Carolina. Uh, let's see who else did you not mention? I think you got most of the other. Lamar Miller in Houston, and that's about it for me for uh, running backs this week. I actually don't love Jonathan Stewart this week. Um, Arizona is giving up the second fewest fantasy points to running backs. Plus, I don't think Carolina is going to win that game. Um, so I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Stewart's matchup. Jordan Howard, like I alluded to, now it's kind of a three-headed monster in Chicago. I'm staying away from all three of them. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, despite the fact he's hyped about playing, he's feeling good. I don't think the matchup is great for him. TJ Yeldon, RIP, pour a little out for my homie there. It's just <laughs> just not happening. Isaiah Crowell, uh, not my favorite matchup this week. Probably somebody I'm going to stay away from. Any of the Eagles running backs, I just it's exhausting trying to keep up with who they're going to play where, and it's just not worth it. Yeah, for me, I would actually avoid the Jacksonville running backs this week and mm-hmm. others. That, and I don't like the, the Minnesota running backs, you know, Aziana, <laughs> McKinnon, whoever they put back there. Those are probably the two teams that I would be going out of my way to avoid the running back this week. All right. Okay. So now, ready for, ready for the wide at, receiver uh, list. <laughs> wide receiver injuries. Who you got for us? <clears throat> All right. Randall Cobb has been limited at practice with a hamstring injury. He's hoping to play. That one's probably going to go down to game time. 
Ty Montgomery, wide receiver slash running back. He's feeling a little under the weather. He's not practicing because he's sick. He should be fine. We'll get an IV bag in him. He'll play. Uh, Jordan Matthews dealing with a tweaked knee. He's going to be fine, just limited at practice. Eddie Royal still dealing with that toe injury. Keep an eye on that. Tajay Sharp has a knee injury. He's questionable uh, since that's a Thursday night game. Maybe I'm going in another direction, even if he does play. Thursday night games always scare me. Jamison Crowder with a groin injury is questionable. Deshaun Jackson also questionable with that hamstring injury. He looks like he's going to be fine. Julian Edelman, another forever on the injury report guy with that foot injury that we've been dealing with for the last year. He's going to play. I think he should have himself a nice game. Des Bryant has stopped making soup and cutting off the tips of his fingers. He's also decided that his knee's healthy enough to play football again, so everyone rejoice. He's practicing. He will play, barring some kind of a setback or a, mon- a monkey attack. You just never know with him. Uh, any of the wide receivers in Buffalo, <clears throat> pretty banged up, not really practicing. I'm not even sure who they're throwing to at practice right now because there's literally nobody left. Robert Woods has a foot injury. He's been limited. He's pretty questionable. Marquise Goodwin has a concussion. He has not graduated out of the concussion protocol yet. He's not practicing at all. Keep an eye on those because they absolutely need one or both of them to play. Right now it's not looking that great. If I had to pick one, it'd be Robert Woods, but I don't feel that good about that. Brandon Marshall's questionable with a foot injury. He'll play. He'll be fine. Your boy, Corey Coleman in Cleveland, questionable with that broken hand. Uh, they're, they're saying he's been limited at practice. It's probably not going to be this week. There's an outside shot he'll play, but more likely next week. Terrell Pryor's been limited at practice with that hamstring injury. He should be okay this week. Dante Moncrief coming back from the shoulder injury. I'm excited about this. You should be as well. He's hoping to play this week. He's questionable, but keep an eye on that. Uh, it is still kind of early. Marquise Colston dealing with the shoulder injury. He's going to play. John Brown dealing with the hamstring injury. That one's going to go a little bit more till game time. Keep an eye on that. Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, both questionable, limited at practice with their own knee injuries. Not great news in San Diego. And Demarius Thomas with the ever-present hip injury is questionable. He'll play. He should be fine this week. Whew. I love breathing after that. Yeah. (laughs) So... As far as guys that I'd be looking to off of the waiver wire, Devontae Adams would be mm-hmm. up there. Um, Marquise Lee with Jacksonville. Cordero Patterson talked about him before and with Minnesota. Uh, Anquan Bolden in Detroit. Brandon LaFell, Cincinnati. And Seth Roberts in Oakland. Those are a few of the guys that I have my eye on, especially in deeper leagues. All right. Yeah, I don't have any issues with those. Okay, um, wide receivers, uh, who do you like this week? Uh, really like Brandon Marshall, despite me uh, vehemently denying the Jets are going to win. Uh, I think he's he's really the lone survivor out of that wide receiver core. Um, even Austin Safarian Jenkins is a little banged up. So he's the guy who's got to catch everything that's not thrown to a defender. So uh, he's a good pick. Cole Beasley, I'm so into him this week, as I am every week. Larry Fitzgerald, I think, is a good play, despite Arizona going to be more of a run offense. If anyone's getting the targets, it's going to be Fitz. Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, both great plays. Doug Baldwin, Ty Montgomery, I don't even know what what to count him as anymore, wide receiver or running back, doesn't matter. I think he's still a good start. Michael Thomas, who we talked about a few minutes ago, I like him this week, despite a bit of a tough matchup. Julian Edelman, a lot of people are saying don't bother with him. 
I like him as a flex option, maybe in a deeper league as wide receiver. I think the Patriots are out for revenge. I think Julian Edelman needs to get in the end zone, and I think this is going to be the week for him. Okay. Yeah. That's my cue to get my list done. I wasn't sure you kind of paused the sentence there with No, I'm good. I'm done. That was the end of my train of thought. (laughs) Okay. So, for me, um, I like the whoever's healthy enough to play wide receiver for the Redskins this week. It might mean Pierre Garcon. And Hard to say. Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati, I think A.J. Green's in for another big day. I agree with you about Seattle. I'd also throw uh, Jermaine Curtis's <clears throat> name on that list this week. You know, let's see. You've got the Tampa Bay. You know, Mike Evans supposedly banged up. Maybe Adam Humphreys is a good play. Uh, Kansas City, Jeremy Macklin could be a decent one. Uh, Indianapolis, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I know Dante Moncrief. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit bitter about him still, but uh, we'll see how that works out. And Green Bay, hopefully Jordy Nelson will bounce back and you know, especially if Randall Cobb doesn't play, I think that just makes Devontae Adams' case that much stronger. Julio Jones should have a big week, and if you're looking for a dark horse in Atlanta, I would say Mohamed Sanu. Maybe this is the week he finally catches those uh, five touchdown passes for 300 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) You you just never know. (laughs) Yeah, that's about as likely as Des Bryant catching uh, five touchdown passes this week. But anyway, any wide receivers that you're super hyped about that. You probably would. And there's a 100% so, uh, chance my family would never talk to me again. <laughs> They're all diehard Eagles yeah. fans, and this has been a real issue my whole life. <laughs> what I hope happens just for this one game is that Dallas is up like three or four touchdowns at halftime just to see what your family response would be. No, I don't think you understand that even as a child, because I was this obnoxious as a football fan as a child, I had to go to a different floor to a whole different place in the house to watch the game because, like, it wasn't safe for us to all be in the same room. It just wasn't nice. Mm. They got a restraining Survival order against my you. family here. <laughs> okay. So um, any wide receivers that you would just avoid, like, the plague this week? Um, I don't like Alshon Jeffrey, Jeremy Macklin, like I talked about before, the Colts are good at shutting down number one wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson, I don't love that he's a little gimpy. I don't love the matchup. Golden Tate, um, it just, I don't think this is a good week for him. I like Anquan Bolden a little bit better there. Tyrell Williams, pretty gimpy. I think that's going to hurt his chances. So for me, it's just not, just not enough value there. Okay. And Minnesota, I'd stay away from Stefan Diggs. You know, Philadelphia, stay away from Jordan Matthews. Denver, stay away from Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Houston, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a big game. And no. Oakland, I'm, I'm on the other side of the Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree pulling there. I, I don't think either one of them are going to have a particularly big game. Carolina, I'm staying away from Kelvin Benjamin. And uh, not a big fan of Brandon Marshall's this week, so we differ on that too. And they'd probably stay away from Allen Robinson and 
and mean Kendall Wright and just about any other wide receiver in that Thursday night game. Yeah, Thursday night. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, let's keep rolling. So, <laughs> yeah, let's. How about uh, quarterback injuries that we should be aware of? Uh, this list significantly smaller, so I'm very excited about that. Cody Kessler, we saw him get knocked out. Uh, he's got a concussion. He is questionable. Uh, it shouldn't be an issue, though, because Josh McCown's been practicing all week. He is going to be the Browns starter unless something crazy happens. Geno Smith tore his ACL, so it looks like the Ryan Fitzpatrick show is back on the air for the Jets. Brian Hoyer fractured his right arm. He's out. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was saying Joe Namath didn't think Geno Smith's injury looked that bad. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) He's an expert. (laughs) Got himself in a little trouble there. uh... (laughs) What a surprise. Joe Namath got himself in trouble for something he said. That never happened. (laughs) Didn't involve Susie Culver, so. We can only hope she's safe somewhere. (laughs) But yeah. Brian Hoyer fractured his right arm. He's out six to eight weeks. He had surgery. Jay Cutler's been cleared from a thumb injury. He's going to play this week. Uh, so there's that. And uh, just something to keep in mind, if you need a quarterback or you need someone off the waiver wire, Jared Goff has been seeing increased first-team reps. Uh, they're on a bye this week, but he's going to be ready to go if they need him, and they're going to need him soon. So just if, you, if you've got room and you're looking for someone to stash, I mean, it's something to think about. Okay. Waiver wire, if, if you need a bi-week quarterback and Alex Smith happens to be out there, he's a good choice. Otherwise, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, probably the best of the rest. Oh. Jake Cutler, I'm more of a fan than you are. Trevor I think Stanley anybody in the Denver. world is more of a Jake Cutler fan than I am, except maybe John Elway. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, Trevor Simeon, um, and uh, heck, if you get really desperate, maybe even Kevin Hogan again in Cleveland. Maybe he'll run for another hundred yards out of the Wildcat. But yeah, it's something. pretty slim pickings. It's pretty slim pickings. The quarterback this week, so hopefully you don't have to dip into that pot. No, it's it's not great out there. All right. So how about um, quarterbacks? Who are your top picks for this week? Loving Matt Ryan. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, is going to have himself a nice week. Derek Carr, what a surprise. You and I see that a little differently, but that's okay. Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, the Ginger Ninja, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers. There's some good matchups this week. Okay. I'm just looking at a few others that I had on my list. Um, Let's see here. I think Kirk Cousins could have a big game. I, I know it was an oversight, but uh, Drew Brees would be on my list. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Brady, I think, is going to have a field day against Buffalo. I agree with you about Jameis Winston. I think Alex Smith and Andrew Luck could both have big games. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, is also – well, you mentioned him. Um, so, anyway, those are my additions to your list. How about uh, quarterbacks you would avoid, like, the play this week? <laughs> Uh, Jay Cutler's on the list. Anybody get that memo yet? <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure. I was clear enough about that. Don't play Jay Cutler this week. Um, also, Philip Rivers. I'm not a huge fan of the matchup. I think you have better ones. I'm a little more on the fence about that. Blake Bortles. It pains me to say. Sam Bradford, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Palmer. I didn't start him last week. I sat him. I have him on a lot of teams. I'm not planning on starting him this week either. 
Okay, so you and I obviously disagree about Kirk Cousins. Make your case for why you think he's going to have a lousy game against Cincinnati. Uh, because I just think that Cincinnati is going to dominate them on most facets. I don't think that Kirk Cousins has enough healthy wide receiver options that despite the fact that he might want to throw a lot, they're going to have to try to rely on a suspect run game, and that's going to be their downfall. He's got Vernon Davis to throw to now, and even uh, I think they said Jordan Reed. Well, I guess he's probably not going to play, but we'll get to Jordan, that. Jordan Reed yeah. is going to play. This is happening. I don't even know how it's possible, but it is. I wouldn't count on him being at full strength and playing a I wouldn't full either, but I got a guy who says he's a go. All right. So in terms of running uh, quarterbacks that I would be looking to avoid, you, know, you and I disagree, but uh, Derek Carr would not be on my list. Matthew Stafford would not be on my list this week. agree with you about Philip Rivers and – yeah, I mentioned Trevor Simeon as a waiver wire pickup, but I don't think, yeah, I, I would yeah, I'd count on him to do much this week. Uh, Carson Wentz, I would avoid. And uh, even though I was kidding about, yeah, Jay Cutler, before I agree with you, this isn't the game to start him, but I would be even less apt to start uh, Sam Bradford. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So into the home stretch here, how about. Uh, tight end injuries. Well, spoiler alert, Jordan Reed is uh, expecting to play this week. He's officially listed as questionable with that concussion, but he feels good. They say he's going to go. We'll see what happens. Vernon Davis is battling a groin injury, so he's also questionable. Take your pick. I don't think either are great options, but we'll see. Julius Thomas has an ankle injury. He's not practicing. He's questionable. Uh, That one's a little bit more up in the air. Definitely keep an eye on that as the week goes on. Martellus Bennett's questionable with an ankle ankle injury and a lack of targets issue. I mean, just an ankle injury, but probably don't need to start him this week. Charles Clay dealing with that knee injury has been battling for a couple of weeks. He's questionable. Austin Safarian Jenkins tweaked his ankle. He's questionable. He looks like he's still going to play this week. Eric Ebron came back to practice. It's been a long three weeks without him. Uh, He's hoping to play this week, dealing with that knee injury. Uh, Looks pretty good. Barring some kind of setback, you should see him on Sunday. Dwayne Allen's doubtful with his ankle injury. It looks like uh, unless he has some kind of miraculous recovery, he is not going to be on the field. Daniel Fells with an ankle injury is questionable. He should be fine. Hunter Henry still dealing with a concussion and is questionable. Again, that one's going to go till later in the week, so keep an eye on that. Does anybody have Daniel Feld in their starting lineup? I mean, I sure hope not, but you never know. If it's a 24-team like league, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, that would have to be a pretty deep league that starts like three or four times. Don't pick him up on the waiver wire, which I sincerely hope you weren't planning on doing anyway, but... So there was you go. Not, he was not going to be on my list of recommended pickups for this week. Um, I think that's a smart Jack move. Doyle in Indianapolis, if he's still out there, go grab him. Yes. You mentioned Vernon Davis and Charles Clay as being injury people this week. If they're healthy enough to play, I think they're worthy by week fill-ins. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz in Houston is another guy who looked for a few weeks like Ryan Griffin was going to be the main tight end there, but now... Uh, TJ looks like he's getting more targets the last few weeks, so he would be the one that I would pick up if I needed a Houston tight end. There you go. Pretty solid pick. Okay. There's some there's some decent tight ends out there. How about uh, tight ends that you would uh, feel good about starting this week? 
Uh, Jimmy Graham, I love the revenge uh, game. It's always a, a good storyline for me. Plus, he's been you know just doing some things. He's actually emerged as a tight end in Seattle, so I like him this week. Travis Kelsey, Jack Doyle, who we talked about, Kyle Rudolph, Jacob Tammy, uh, all all pretty good starts for me this week. Okay, and see who I could add to the list here. Um, Yeah, obviously Rob Gronkowski, although that's pretty much true every week. Uh, Cameron Brait in in Tampa Bay, I think, is a good start this week. Um, I guess he's the the main other one that I would add to your your list. I picked him up in one of my leagues this week. Hmm. Not bad. Not too shabby. I'm, 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 uh, I'm all in on that Tampa Bay. Offense against Oakland. You're really committed to the cause, and I like it. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, that's another uh, topic for another day, but you know, sometimes it does make sense to, you know, we talk about stacking in DFS, but I think sometimes mm-hmm. if you're really gung ho about a particular offense, that it doesn't hurt to, to try to stack a couple players if you think they're in for a big day. Yeah, especially if you're a heavy yeah. underdog to somebody, it makes sense to, to swing for the fences then. Feast so or famine, about, baby. Yep. Any uh, tight ends that you think are just uh, avoid at all costs this week? Yeah, Zach Ertz. Uh, we're in our, our midseason like clockwork, become absolutely forgettable as a fantasy player streak that he likes to go on. Not a great week for him. Cody Fleener, also not a great matchup. Zach Miller, Jason Witten. Uh, normally I would like him, but this this uh, defense the Eagles have going, not necessarily the best matchup for Jason Witten. Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, doesn't matter who's playing. I don't love it this week. And Julius Thomas, the injury scares me. I think you have better options. Yeah, he's, I, for me, you know, even if Jordan Reed's playing, there's no way I'm, I'm going near that. I just, yeah, no thanks. Um, Gary Barnage and... Cleveland, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't even have to do with the fact that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. I just think he's not a real good option. Uh, not gung ho on Greg Olson this week like I usually am. And yeah, you were all about him. Usually, I, I'm pretty gung ho about him, and and that's that's the main thing. Uh, Jason Witten, I agree with you, and Jack Miller, and uh, I'll even throw Kyle Rudolph on that list too this week. All right. I don't have too okay. much. I I like. I guess I like Kyle Rudolph a little better than you do, but that's all right. All right. Um, defenses. Um, anybody that you're particularly fond of or, or staying away from this week? Um, the Jets. Obviously, anybody playing Cleveland usually a good play. Kansas City, Arizona, Tennessee, Detroit. All good for me this week. I'm probably staying away from guys like Green Bay, Buffalo, Houston, Washington, Seattle. Normally Seattle's on the other side of this list, but I don't think it's their week this week. Okay. For me, I think my two favorite defenses this week would be Tennessee hosting Jacksonville on Thursday night. So the first game of the week and then the last game of the week, uh, Chicago hosting Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's offense is very good, and I don't think the Eagles – Defense will be the only one to exploit that this week. Those would be the two that I'd be most uh, gung-ho about. If you really 
need a deep sleeper, I'll go with San Diego to hold Denver in check. All right. So we got some decent de- okay. uh, defense matchups this week. So, kicker-wise, I, I really don't have anything to, to <laughs> say there. Um, I as far the, pretty much it's, it's kind of a wash wire, feel like it's all matchups, but Graham Gano, Sebastian Janikowski, and Will Will Lutz are guys I don't want this week. Um, really liking uh, Matt Bryant, Josh Lambeau, the Blair Walsh project, Stephen Hauschka, Caleb Sturgis, Dan Bailey, Mason Crosby, kind of the usual suspects. Stephen Gostkowski. Yeah. I think they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't know how much he's going to need to do. But, you know, can't really go wrong with it. All right. So we actually do have time for you to do the DFS. Yeah, every now and then we get get a couple of minutes here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do work in a car dealership, so I'm well-versed at that. But um, there are uh, definitely some value picks, but this week it's kind of Yeah, Exactly. Um, but there are some some stacks that are are really always good for me this week. Uh, just for what it's worth, I like Atlanta stacks. Uh, Tampa Bay is not bad. Seattle, I can I can handle. Uh, so you've got a couple of different options as far as stacking goes. If that's your thing, I tend to like to put one or two lineups out there with a stack because I like to see what happens. I'm a risk taker. Um, as far as cornerbacks go, I like Matt Stafford this week. The price is right in a lot of leagues. Jameis Winston, he uh, he's on the list a lot a lot of weeks just because he's going to throw very often, especially with your running back stinged up. It happens. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, all good picks this week. Dak Prescott could be good as well. He's a little lower on my list. But as far as running backs go, Devontae Freeman, LeGarrette Blunt, who's probably going to get in the end zone at least once, is pretty good value as well. Jaquiz Rogers, David Johnson, Devontae Booker, he's not going to cost you a lot, and he should have some production. Spencer Ware and Christian Michael, we talked about earlier, I think are both going to have huge games. It's worth paying the price. Latavius Murray and Matt Forte, also good middle-of-the-road picks. Wide receiver-wise, I like both Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Sherpa does not always agree with me. Michael Floyd, Cole Beasley, his price has gone up a little bit, but not as high as it really needs to be, so take advantage while you can. Doug Baldwin's a good play. Julio Jones is going to cost you an arm and a leg, but it's probably going to be worth it. Mike Evans, like I said, that Tampa Bay stack's always nice. T.Y. Hilton, despite uh, Dante Moncrief coming back, he's still going to get the bulk load of the targets there. And Anquan Bolden, my favorite in Detroit. Tight end-wise, Jimmy Graham, Jack Doyle, uh, C.J. Federitz in Houston, Jacob Tammy, Travis Kelsey. As far as defenses go, Dallas, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Tennessee, Arizona. Stay away from Seattle this week. Don't pay the price. They're not going to be your one of your top scorers as far as defenses goes. So some thoughts for you, but uh, we will be here next week from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time as we are every week to give you all the news and notes and the upcoming predictions, matchups, and all that good stuff. Uh, if you want us throughout the week, you have questions about your lineup, who to start, who to sit, we are always around. You can find us on Twitter at JKIM16, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa, and the number 4TH Inches Show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And, of course, if you missed any of this show or any of the previous ones, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio and anywhere that you find your podcast. We are always around. Uh, to help you on your drive to work, of course. But 
Thank you so much for listening, and good luck in your fantasy uh, this week, unless, of course, you're playing me, like always. No Amir Abdullah this week for DFS? No Amir Abdullah for me this week. Staying away from it. Okay. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, like we are every week. Thanks so much for listening.